0: And then I was thinking of, like, a buffalo dick, and it was grossing me out.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that is feeling warm and bright.
0: You might say it's a supernatural delight.
1: You might. Um, <laughs> this is a show where we do deep dives into the history of famous songs, one-hit wonders, lots of stuff from the 90s, it turns out, but today we're not doing the <laughs> 90s. Uh, stuff that, that we find interesting and hope you should know, We're we're channeling our ADHD into hyper-focusing on researching songs for you, the listening public. My name is Aviv Rubenstein. I'm your host. Joining me, as always, this week and every week.
0: You can just say my name. I, you, In fact, from here on out, I would like it if you would just say my name, but if you're introducing before,
1: me. Before. No, no. You, no, but don't even, don't no-no <laughs> me. Like you, you.
0: I've never liked it this way.
1: No, you did. Like, you made me do it this way. You did it for I did you. not. You're like, when I stop talking, just say your name. I have the I audio.
0: Okay, <laughs> maybe like for that one time I had something planned, but no, just introduce me properly, like a proper introduction.
1: <laughs> Who are you? What is uh, this? My name
0: is Lindsay Tucker. I am the boss bitch of this podcast. Apparently, so
1: Jesus. <laughs> um, Lindsay, how is your week? How's it been? What's going on? How? What's it shaking? Snowing. Bacon? Snowing.
0: So trip cleaned off my car this morning before he went to work like a sweet baby angel but now it's kind of covered again.
1: Wow. How many inches have you gotten? <laughs> listeners, Looks like a foot. Listeners, she just like <laughs> looked out the window.
0: Well, I've been inside like all fucking day working.
1: I'm fine, thank you for asking.
0: I was getting there. I just had popcorn in my mouth so I was just waiting. Okay. Till I could swallow. So, Viv, how are you? I, how is Chubbs?
1: Chubbs is, is great. He has a doctor's appointment in Poor guy. a couple of hours. And no, it's just a checkup. They made me keep his poop.
0: Right, right. Where is the poop currently? The
1: poop is sitting on the kitchen table. No. I double bagged it. And it's sitting oh. on a little paper towel.
0: You know, everything in the universe has holes in it.
1: Sure. Vibrational (laughs) energy or whatnot. But like, what, why, why did they make me take his poop?
0: I don't know. That's a question you should have asked at that way. I
1: know. So, so listeners, this is our new poll that you'll hear when this episode comes out. When you take your dog to the vet, do they make you keep his poop? Sub question, if they, or her poop, whatever the dog's gender is, however the dog identifies. Or their poop. Their poop. My dog is a he-they. And if so, where do you keep the poop between the poop and then taking it to the vet?
0: I would go with like glass jar. Glass jar? To me, glass seems like a more solid matter. Like put it in a plastic, but then put it in glass.
1: I, <laughs> but then I would want to throw away the glass.
0: You could just fill it up with rubbing alcohol. Oh,
1: I'd always know. I'd always, even if I had like <laughs> yeah. several other glasses of the same kind, I'd be like, is this the poop glass? True. So today, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the classic song, Dancing in the Moonlight. This is a, this is a listener suggestion. Thank you, Stacy, for recommending this one. I saw Stacy over the weekend, and she says, "I thought of you. I just heard this story about this song, and Yay. yeah, so thanks so much, Stacy. Um, Stacy from Reno, Reno, Reno. All
0: right, let's hear it. Let's hear it.
1: The... Come on, <laughs> you ready for the story? Yeah. Well, I'm not ready for the story because we have some mailbag. Lindsay's favorite segment,
0: always with the mailbag.
1: Always with the mailbag. So at Superfan filled with says please stop making fun of robinson and jerome no sorry dude um but we asked like who the who who tf is robinson jerome and our good friend matt at pick a disc uh wrote in with some clarification and he says robinson and jerome were a duo who were actors and they sang in a tv show called soldier soldier and they covered these old 50s and 60s shows i think he means songs cover these old 50s and 60s songs simon cowell signed them because he thought he'd make he thought they'd make him money and he was right also jerome (laughs) is jerome is jerome flynn who is braun from game of thrones i don't i've never seen game of thrones
0: me either we're like the two people on earth that haven't seen game of thrones
1: i feel so i feel like extra smug because I waited so long on Game of Thrones and wasn't interested in it. And then eventually people are like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's bad.
0: Yeah. It's culturally over. Culturally
1: over the, the, the finale was bad. Apparently. I don't know. I'm good.
0: But you did go back and lost and watch lost many years later. I which did. Is ill-advised. Horrible. <laughs> lost Very is ill-advised. the
1: fucking worst show I've ever seen. In my life. Um, <laughs> So in addition to that, at Freddie from Freddie and the Fab says we pronounced Kerrang properly.
0: Nailed it. Um, He said it was perfect, just like our podcast, I think, is what he really said. Nailed it. Perfect
1: (laughs) journalism. Uh, So that's all the mailbag is fit to mailbag. As always, you can get at us. We're at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter, and for longer and weirder stuff. To annoy Lindsay, send her an email at lyricsforlunch at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com. Great. Okay. So, Dancing in the Moonlight.
0: Tell me the story.
1: <laughs> You're so excited. So, da- so who sings Dancing in the Moonlight, Lindsay? Don't google it. Without googling it, who sings Dancing in the Moonlight?
0: <laughs> Jubal. Jubal? <laughs> King Harvest.
1: <laughs> you absolutely googled that. I believe that band is, is called Jubilee.
0: No, it's not. It just says Jubal on YouTube. J-U-B-E-L.
1: Jubel. <laughs> um, so Dancing in the Moonlight has been incorrectly credited to Van Morrison, Elvis Costello, and due to typos when typed in search engines, <laughs> a, a band called Kink Harris. Van Morrison and Elvis Costello. Have never re- recorded this song, and King Harris doesn't exist.
0: Is it King Harris?
1: It's King Harvest. You're right. Mm. So kind of. I actually thought it was Van Morrison before I started researching this. To be honest, because the guy's yeah,
0: I could see the, the guy's relation. voice
1: sounds a little like Van Morrison. Um, and I think that this a lot of this has to do with the advent of the internet and the advent of downloading songs from places like Napster and LimeWire and you know, there are all kinds of weird. We talked about this a little bit last week with our Nirvana episode that I had a, that uh, the MP3 of that version of Kurt Cobain singing smells like teen spirit weirdly, but it was attributed to leaf Garrett and the Melvins.
0: Oh, right. Right.
1: So I think that that has a, a lot to do with it, which is like the first time we really democratized music throughout the world. It was, like, all misattributed. but
0: So Van Morrison has never sang this song. No.
1: I mean, maybe in his home. Maybe to his, fr- to his kids. But Van Morrison and Elvis Costello never recorded versions of this song. Never sang it. So the song was written, Dancing in the Moonlight, written by Sherman Kelly. And it was made famous by King Harvest, who were like a French-American rock band. Well, they were actually like mostly all-American. We'll talk about how they became French-American. But let's take a listen to the song before we get too much further so that we all, we all, I mean, you can hear the song in your head. It sounds like Van Morrison. It
0: definitely sounds like Van Morrison. It super
1: does, right? Yeah. But take a look at their like fucking, their vibe. (laughs) Before we even press play. Look at, look at King Harvest's fucking vibe.
0: It looks like Stillwater started wearing the Band Aids clothes. Yeah. So it's and like, became a motorcycle gang.
1: A, yeah, it's like a motorcycle gang. They're like sitting on it in black and white and they look like a biker gang. But like, this song is like. This is the fucking smoothest groove I've ever heard in my fucking life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Keep things
3: alive. Everybody was dancing in the
1: on out okay okay so king harvest the original four members of king harvest formed in 1969 in ithaca new york and they were known i mean their names are dave also known as doc robinson so from here on I'll, i'll i'll refer to him as doc robinson ron altback who was on keyboards doc robinson was also on keyboards ed tuleha was on guitar and rod novak was on saxophone
0: wait there was two rods
1: ron ronald like ronald and and rod so doc ron ed and rod and they were in ithaca because they were all at cornell so smart guys Okay. And they were primarily, this is uh, from I love classic rock.com. The group primarily played cover tunes such as so- songs from Sly and the Family Stone, Jimi Hendrix, the band. They played at frats and bars and other colleges.
0: Oh, okay. And it
1: says they broke up for the first time in 1971.
0: Now, this song came out in
1: 1972.
0: It certainly did. Okay.
1: So, they broke up. They broke up after playing, like, in, in college band for a couple of years, playing frats and bars and stuff, right? Rapey stuff. Well, okay. So, I forgot to mention this right up front. We're going to get into some dark material in this episode. I will, like, mention before we, like, get into the part that's like, oh, this is kind of fucked up. And then you can choose to, like, skip ahead or not if you want to hear about it. Um. So... One so by what one, you're
0: saying is I'm psychic.
1: Yes, <laughs> one by one, uh, each of the four band members migrated to Paris that same year, 1971.
0: They were looking for James Baldwin.
1: I guess so. They're all white, but like, yeah, kind of. They just went like they like like the expat life. They migrated to Paris and they reformed King Harvest as like a French band. Now, not a band <laughs> in French, just like a band from France. Oh, Okay, and so. It's the original four members: Doc Robinson, Ron, Rod, and Ed. <laughs> really, really bad, like bad first names for very bad. Yeah, uh, we're mostly going to be talking about Doc Robinson and this dude named Sherman Kelly who we haven't met yet. So, uh, they Doc got
0: Robinson in- sounds like a character from like Aristocrats or something. Aristocrats, yeah. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> He's like an old fancy cat.
0: Yeah. With a top Um, hat that plays piano.
1: Yeah, he does the scales in his arpeggios. (laughs) I fucking know they're Aristocats. (laughs) So this French musician named Didier Alexandre joined the band on bass, and that made like a a five-piece, right? A quintet. That
0: made them French. We
1: are French now. Yeah, we are French now. (laughs) Ha-ha! And then Sherman Kelly, uh, who was another Cornell alum, joined in 71 as well. So we have now Didier, Sherman, Doc Robinson, Ron, Rod, and Ed. And Ed. And Sherman Kelly also played the keyboard. So now three, there are three keyboardists in the band.
0: That's a lot of keyboardists.
1: It's keyboard, 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 guitar, bass, saxophone, (laughs) saxophone.
0: Okay, so is one of them playing like rhythmic keys? <laughs> it's
1: it's a it's a weird lineup for sure, but uh, Sherman Kelly and Doc Robinson knew each other from a previous band, Buffalongo.
0: Buffalongo?
1: Buffalo Spell it. B o f f a a. I'm sorry. B o f f a l o n g o. Buffalo Longo. Okay. I can just I can just chat it to you if you want to read it. That's good. I got it. Gonna, we're gonna. I wasn't about sure if
0: it was like buffalo, n- it but sounds like, It
1: sounds like buffalo. And then I was thinking
0: of like a buffalo dick, and it was grossing me out.
1: It sounds like buffalo. It is buffalo, and even some of the some of the notes I have, it is written as buffalo. But that might have been like my own dumb brain. Okay. So. It was Buffalo who first recorded "Dancing in the Moonlight." So Sherman Kelly had written "Dancing in the Moonlight" in the late '60s, and his old band Buffalo recorded it for the first time in 19- with him with with Sherman Kelly, right? So even okay. though Doc Robinson is on the vocals for the King Harvest version, on the, that's the more famous version. Sherman Kelly and Doc Robinson sang it. In Buffalo, and the original version has Sherman Kelly on vocals instead of Doc Robinson, so we can listen to the Buffalo. Yes, please.
0: Version. I would love to hear the Buffalo Dongs do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the old sex bombs. <laughs> <laughs> so these uh, these two tracks are identical in length. One of them's 303. One of them's 302.
0: Oh, wow. Very precise. Whoa. So Does that have any teeth?
1: So, so let's talk about the differences between the songs.
0: One of them sounds like... Willie Nelson is singing it. This one. Today.
1: Yeah. So it's like a little bit gravelier, a little bit bluesier, right? Yeah. The drums are like stupid simple. It's like.
0: There's Cowbell. Was there Cowbell in the last one? A little
1: different yeah a little jazzy i like this version better you do yeah it's just like a little kind of sloppier messier which i gravitate towards i
0: also enjoy this part the vocals are not my favorite
1: well we have a we have a quote about the vocals <laughs> So let's, let's go back and listen to that first one again, because I want to hear the drums. You want to listen for the cowbell. Dancing
2: in the
3: moonlight, everybody free.
1: So the, the more popular one has this, like, jazzy, bright piano intro?
0: Yeah. Well, they have three keyboardists.
1: Yeah. There's actually, like, the a, there actually is a funny thing about the drums in this song.
0: There's something that I'm hearing in there that's, like, Bell Cannon or the... Maybe it's not Pachelbelton. But it's a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do.
1: Yeah, it's like a, just an arpeggio of the... It's like a, a twinkly arpeggio of that, that keyboard, that third keyboard. So this is from VinylDialogues.com. This is a quote from Sherman Kelly about singing the Buffalongo version of this song. He says, The first time I was in the recording studio for that version, we had these producers who thought it was a good idea to give me cocaine. <laughs> that was probably the worst idea. I found myself in the vocal booth where there were a lot of people distracting me and producers would give me more cocaine to keep me doing takes until my voice was so distorted and so weird.
0: Uh, remember Celine Dion saying she never has coffee or caffeine before.
1: Yeah. Versus this guy <laughs> where the producers like, have you heard of cocaine? <laughs> he goes on to say, Doc Robinson had a pretty good voice, better than mine. I remember one critic saying about me and the Buffalongo version, as a singer, Sherman Kelly is not too bad of a songwriter. That was amusing and true.
0: Okay. I'm glad he has a good sense of humor about it.
1: Yes. So it wasn't even Sherman Kelly or Doc Robinson who brought this song to King Harvest. It wasn't. It wasn't. Even though Sherman Kelly had written it, it was actually Sherman Kelly's brother, Wells Kelly. So Wells Kelly, uh, who eventually went on to fi- form the band Orleans, Orleans like the New Orleans, um, he served as a brief he served a brief stint as the drummer of King Harvest w- in Paris and in the U.S. So there's six of them. None of them are playing the drums right now. Wells Kelly comes over to Paris and is like, "I'll play the drums."
2: Hmm. So. Okay.
1: Or Orleans, you'd know they had a couple of hits, specifically um Still the One. Still the One? Yep. Still the One. So a little bit more rock.
0: Yep. I feel like I thought this was the Eagles my whole
1: life. Right. So this is this is like one of those episodes where we're like, you think that it's this song.
0: <laughs> you think
1: that it's this band. Nope, not still not Van Morrison. <laughs> like
0: that's Don Henley.
1: It does sound like Don Henley. Okay. So weirdly, it's not even Wells Kelly that's playing on the recording of Dancing in the Moonlight. But Wells is responsible <laughs> okay. for, for bringing the song back to King Harvest. So this is from Song Facts. In 1971, Wells Kelly play, paid a visit to King Harvest, who were working on a new album in Paris. And I think Wells Kelly was also in Buffalongo, but Wells came, to arm, Wells came armed with some albums from America, and he brought his copy of Buffalongo's Dancing in the Moonlight, and then. Played it for them, and King Harvest is like, Oh, let's just record this song too, but make it more like keyboard driven and with smoother production. Mm-hmm. And this is also when they decided to let Doc Robinson record the vocals instead of a- having Sherman Kelly do it again.
0: <laughs> um, any quotes behind that decision?
1: <laughs> uh, an- Any, nothing except for that one where he said Doc is has a pretty good voice better than mine. (laughs) But Doc was the main vocalist for King Harvest anyway. Okay. And Sherman Kelly was just like, just like popping in. Recording Dancing in the Moonlight proved to be a logistical challenge. This is from super 70s.com lead singer doc robinson had to sing it in the stairwell of the small parisian studio which had like a nice natural echo chamber we talk about bathroom reverb per- periodically on this show um and uh, but this was like a, an apartment studio so the neighbors like came out during the recording and we like what the fuck is going on
2: <laughs>
1: and the particular percussion sound that you were mentioning it's like a kind of a kind of a, like a shaker, scraper kind of sound instead of the cowbell. Mm-hmm. That was the result of using a toilet brush against a wall instead of some more modern percussion instrument.
0: I'm never going to look at a toilet brush the same.
1: A, a, musical, a musical toilet brush?
0: Like, was it a new one?
1: I fucking hope so. <laughs> Everything has holes in it.
0: Yeah never forget
1: so it was released in europe but stiffed like like no one liked it in europe and it was rescued Mm. the song was rescued by an american label called perception records and they put the, the song out in the states and it hit like number seven it was like super big hit and after signing to perception records the band moved back to the states and set up shop in Alcott beach new york which is in upstate new york so now they've gone like in a big circle. They, they went right. from upstate New York to Paris back to upstate New York. So I think now is the time to take a look at the uh, lyrics, Dancing in the Moonlight.
0: All right. Let's do it.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the composition of this song along with the, the meaning. Let's talk about the composition first.
0: That's what I was going to say.
1: Hell yeah. Um, okay. Would you like to do a dramatic reading? <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: We get it on most every night. (laughs) And when that old moon gets so big and bright, it's a supernatural delight. Everybody was dancing in the moonlight.
1: Everybody here is out of sight. They don't bark and they don't bite. They keep things loose. They keep things light. Everybody was dancing in the moonlight.
0: Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody's feeling warm and bright. It's such a fine and natural sight. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight.
1: We like our fun and we never fight. You can't dance and stay uptight. It's a supernatural delight. <laughs> Everybody was dancing in the moonlight.
0: Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody's feeling warm and bright. It's such a fine and natural sight. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight.
1: And it just repeats from there. They, they say everybody's out of sight. They don't bark. They don't bite. They keep things loose. They keep things light. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight. And then they re- repeat the chorus like four times. So... The composition of these lyrics, they follow a rhyme scheme that is a, 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 So every line in the song rhymes with itself. So we have night, bright, delight, moonlight, sight, bite, light, moonlight, moonlight, bright, sight, moonlight. So there are a bunch of different like ways to do a rhyme scheme in a song this is not a super common one for example uh this is from american songwriter ain't no sunshine has a a b a a b so ain't no sunshine when she's gone so gone is the a it's not warm and she's away away is the b ain't no sunshine when she's gone she's always gone too long anytime she goes away so it goes back and forth between those two sounds Hallelujah, from one of our earlier episodes, has an A-A-B-C-C-B pattern. So I heard there was a secret chord, chord is the A, that David plays and it plays the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? Do you? Do is the B. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, fifth is the C, because it doesn't rhyme with do ya or Lord. The minor fall, the major lift, C-C. The baffled king composing, hallelujah, back to the B. So there are a bunch of a bunch of different ways to do this and a bunch of super famous songs that do different versions of this. Some songs don't rhyme at all, like Buddy Holly from Weezer. The chorus is, we look just like Buddy Holly and you're Mary Tyler Moore. I don't care what they say about us anyway. I don't care about that. No rhymes.
0: What's with these homies dissing my girl? A. Why do they going? got up front? B. What do we ever do to these guys? See that they drew so violent. I don't know what those words are.
1: Violent. <laughs> what well, that makes them so violent. So the, back to B. So that's the verse is A B C B, which is a really. Ooh,
0: ooh, and I, I I love that song.
1: Absolutely regret doing this. Okay, we'll stop. Um. So yeah, there are tons and tons and tons of different rhyme schemes and combinations of rhyme schemes, but like. It's pretty rare to only have a song that rhy ri- where every mm. every line rhymes. the um the the name of that is called a mono rhyme, If if you can believe it, could did and you pull
0: out any other famous examples of mono rhyming? of mono
1: rhymes? I have one.
0: Mm, what is it? So
1: the only other example I could find of a mono rhyme song of like something that people would know is the wondrous boat ride from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What?
0: most terrifying scene in all of movie history besides yeah. the Treasure Island when the boys turn into donkeys in Pinocchio.
1: That's Pleasure Island, yeah.
0: Pleasure Island, that's what I said.
1: I thought you said Treasure Island.
0: Maybe I did.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> here's, here's a little snippet of the wondrous boat ride from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate No,
0: Factory. I don't want to watch it, I'm scared.
1: It's just the It's just the music. <laughs> There's no earthly way
4: of knowing (laughs) which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane (laughs) a-blowing? not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must Kits? be growing, for the rowers keep
3: on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing!
1: So, that is the Magical Boat Ride from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. and
0: Shining example.
1: Well, not only is it a shining example of a monorhyme or a monorhythm, but um, it is also weirdly, well, I'll come, we'll come back to it. Okay. We'll come back to why this is appropriate for this episode. Okay. So, now comes the time in every episode, my favorite part of every episode. Lindsay, what do you think this song is about?
0: I think the it's about in front of you. Um, the community in Wanderlust, which we referenced maybe last week or the week before. Okay. Um, where Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston stumble upon this community and it's like free love and everybody's dancing in the moonlight and keeping things loose and light. And yeah, just uh, having some free love and some naked moon dancing.
1: So you're not all the way wrong you're pretty (laughs) wrong but this uh this you're on the same um (laughs) you're on the same wavelength as the reddit user peaceful man of war who asks in in the song meaning subreddit is dancing in the moonlight about dogging apparently apparently dogging is a thing in the uk freddie and victoria you can answer this question apparently dogging is a thing in the uk we're a group of teenagers drive to a quiet place and all have sex in their cars so like a lookout point sort of thing
0: and then they dance and we danced I- like a wave on the ocean romance
1: the other theory which doesn't super hold water is that it's about werewolves so specifically the line everybody here is out of sight they don't bark and they don't bite they keep things loose they keep it tight Everybody's dancing in the moonlight. So, moonlight being the thing that turns...
0: I, yeah, when I work. think of werewolves, I think of loose.
1: <laughs> uh, and dancing. <laughs> uh, listeners, Werewolves of London isn't even about werewolves. Uh, so, it's, not, it's about neither of those things.
0: Okay, tell us.
1: So, this is from StuffNobodyCaresAbout.com. Sleeping peacefully on the beach at St. Croix in 1969, Sherman Kelly awoke to five men beating him with baseball bats. What? So this is, listeners, the part where you should skip forward if you're a little squeamish.
0: Well, I'm squeamish. What am I supposed to do?
1: Well, you can, I guess, listen to this this episode when it drops. (laughs) So after he blacked out, one of the men attacking him raped his girlfriend and the other four were preparing to take their turn at raping his girlfriend. And Kelly was able to regain consciousness and fought back and frightened the gang away.
0: His girlfriend was gang raped while he was, while he was unconscious and then he just wrote a little ditty called Dancing in the Moonlight? Yeah. No.
1: So this is from a Dutch TV show where, from 2018, where Sherman Kelly was giving, giving an interview talking about the ordeal. And it's a happy song, but the reason why you wrote it wasn't happy at all.
5: Well, no. A bunch of friends and I were running a nightclub in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. And we decided one day to take a schooner from St. Thomas to St. Croix. And my girlfriend and I got very sick going across to St. Croix. And when we got there, I was glad to get on shore. And my friends were fine. They went back out on the boat to spend the night. And Adrian and I said, no, no, we're not going out there. We see the boat out in the harbor. You know, no, no, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. But I had forgotten to bring my wallet. I was just out of it. And uh, my girlfriend said, why don't we just camp out on the beach here? So we did. We fell asleep on the beach under a full moon and, uh, and that's all I remember clearly. Mm-hmm. I remember being hit really hard and five guys were attacking us with baseball bats. So uh, I just remember getting hit again and again and then losing consciousness. Um, I found out later from Adrian that the leader raped her and the rest were in line to rape her. Uh, and they put a towel over her head and every time she would make a noise, they'd slap her. And uh, she thought she was going to be raped by the rest of them and maybe killed. And then she said there was this horrible animal noise, this howling. And apparently I uh, saw fit to recover consciousness and attack them. I don't know how I could have. I had one arm dislocated and ribs broken, my face all fractured. and. But uh, I think I made enough noise to scare them off, uh, which probably saved our lives. I lost consciousness again, and uh, I woke up in the hospital later, and I I remember the doctors were talking, and they said, well, is he gonna make it? And uh, one of the other doctors said, I don't know. And I realized they were talking about me and it really made me mad. I thought, yeah, I'm gonna make it, you know. Anyway, so long story short, I had to re-break all these fractures in my face and then have them reset. And then I had a long recovery period where I was really, I had a big nuclear headache. Adrian was okay, she's a real survivor, real tough.
1: She was great, but I had a pretty bad
5: headache for a while.
1: So, he was laid up in the hospital This is from VinylDialogues.com, and it was during this period of convalescence that he began to write some verses for a song, and the song would later become Dancing in the Moonlight. Um, It started out as a poem, basically because he didn't have access to any musical instruments, and then he turned that into a song, and he said, quote, I envisioned an alternate reality the dream of a peaceful and joyous celebration of life. It was just me imagining a better world than the one I had just experienced in St. Croix.
0: Sad.
1: Very sad. So it was an unspeakably traumatic experience. It almost cost him his life, but it turned into this kind of nice, beautiful song. This is another quote from Kelly. It was amazing. People liked the song right from the start. I liked it, but I wouldn't have predicted it became a big hit. So, 3 years later, the gang that beat up Sherman and assaulted his girlfriend was responsible for the Fountain Valley massacre. The Fountain Valley massacre was a mass shooting that occurred on September 6, 1972 at the Fountain Valley Golf Course in St. Croix. The shooting left 8 employees and tourists dead and another 8 were shot at and or wounded. The perpetrators were a gang of 5 Virgin Islanders who authorities Initially believed to have committed the execution-style shooting in the course of a robbery gone bad, right? That was like one of their testimonies was that it was a robbery gone bad. However, in court, the defense, uh, led by civil rights activists, argued in part that the accused were politically motivated and victims of systematic race-based civil rights deprivation. All of the defendants were Afro-Caribbean, while seven of the eight victims who were killed were white so this is a small tangent but it comes together thematically Two of the accused rafael joseph and warren ballantyne explained that they had only planned on committing a robbery but that things got out of hand because one of the co-defendants whose name is ishmael labit was adamant that they also make a political statement because he was angry about foreigners coming in quote to take our money and leave us with nothing so according to rafael joseph Labiette, during the commission of the robbery, suddenly began shooting people while yelling epithets like, I hate you, white motherfuckers. Mm. They were convicted after a trial in the Virgin Islands, uh, which, is, which is a federal territorial court, and they were convicted of murder, assault, robbery, in violation of Virgin Islands law, and each was sentenced to eight consecutive life terms. The convictions were held up in 1974 by the U.S. Court of Appeals, and they upheld the denial of the motions for a new trial. Okay. So the public's perception of a race of a racial motivation for the killings and fear of further violence led to a steep decline in tourism for St. Croix from which the island's tourism industry did not recover in, for like two decades.
0: My grandmother lived in St. Croix in no shit. the 90s. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh wow. So Tangent to the tangent, (laughs) on New Year's Eve 1984, Ishmael Labit, who changed his name to Ismail Muslim Ali, hijacked an American Airlines flight while in federal custody on like a transfer to a new place of detention. And he forced the flight to land in Cuba where he escaped and was never recaptured. What? Yes. In 2015, After the Obama administration was, like, kind of warming relations between America and Cuba, Labit was confirmed to be living at large in Cuba following an indeterminate amount of time spent in a Cuban prison.
0: For what, pray tell?
1: We don't know. Ah. But there is a documentary about him.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I can't believe we don't have a motion picture. Oh, in
1: 2000s, well, the documentary is apparently not very good. Uh, in 2016, The Skyjacker's Tale premiered at, I think, Toronto International Film Festival or something like that.
3: Well, I was in the hole, right? And I, all of a sudden I had a vision, right? Say, where I got to do it is in the air.
4: Prisoner. What prisoner?
2: Allahu Akbar.
1: So this does not look very good.
0: <laughs> this doesn't look like.
1: It's like a. It's like a ton of reenactments, re-enactments and stuff.
3: It's like
0: unsolved mysteries.
1: Yeah. Plus, like black exploitation. Oh, totally. god, This is the guy who's
3: responsible for eight deaths. It was just a political railroad, you
1: know. It was a typical day, just like this.
3: From nowhere you just see this men. They were all around. Behind the
4: back, behind the kitchen. They thought there was gonna be a race war. I mean that was the concept that was being
5: put forward. The natives are running down the street with machetes. White people must beware. Ishmael Lebit was the leader, the
4: intellectual of the group
3: supposed to be Richard Kimball looking for the one arm man or something like that he's been frolicking on a Caribbean island for a long
4: time I'm a revolutionary I'm not a criminal you know
1: okay so this this was like a huge story the 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 um Fountain Valley Massacre was like a huge story. There were like New York Times profiles up until like two years after the massacre. Huge fucking thing. Uh, three of the five members of this gang served twenty nine years in federal prison before being returned to the Virgin Islands and then retransferred to pri- private prisons in the United States. Joseph, who is the guy that testified against Ismail Labit, received a pardon from the governor of the Virgin Islands in ninety four after 22 years of imprisonment but he died 4 years later after a drug overdose so the, the whole reason that we're talking about this is because these are this is the gang that also beat up Sherman Kelly and raped Adrian girlfriend. yes there's a huge massive football field sized citation needed because the only evidence of this being connected is from Sherman Kelly's website What? The only evidence of this gang being the same gang that did the Fountain Valley Massacre is from Sherman Kelly's own website.
0: So he's like, those were the guys, and there's no other.
1: And think about his story, which is he he woke up. Yeah, he passed out. He woke up being beaten. He got his face bashed in. Regained consciousness, made some animal noises, tried to attack them, and they ran off at night. Correct. So there's no fucking way in the world that he knows this to be true.
0: Right. I don't mean to laugh because all of this is quite terrifying, but it's a very strange claim to make. Unless so, you're looking for publicity.
1: Exactly. Right. So, th- so that was like, this is like, oh my God, the Unabomber came into my cafe once and didn't tip me. Right. right. I'm, and I'm not equating one crime to another, but I think that this is j- honestly just for attention. Cause while, you know, there, this could be the case, this does not seem like the same group of people. And even then, there's no way to know for sure. Literally, no way to know. Right. DNA evidence didn't exist back then. Doesn't seem like any of them were caught because if they were, they wouldn't be around for two years to then go do this other thing. So...
0: Like murdering people execution style.
1: W- which is potentially politically motivated versus...
0: Doing a gang rape and running off because of some wolf noises?
1: Yeah. And so let's talk about the idea of like weaponizing white pain. Right? Okay. Let's talk so about like. It clearly absolutely i'm not minimizing this even in the slightest the things that happened to adrian and to a slightly lesser extent sherman were horrifying
0: right i want to hear from adrian in this
1: never never did an interview Hmm. but when another group of black people potentially another group of black people potentially the same group of black people from the same island commit a crime against white people three years later in an effort to cash in on the success of this that news story and correspond to the time that dancing in the moonlight is in the you know climbing the charts I think he tells this lie saying oh yeah oh that yeah, was the it guy. was
0: those guys
1: and you know Of the list of horrible things that are occurring in this story, that is kind of low on the list. But still, like, don't fucking do that. Yeah. Oh, black people are so scary. This gang of black people did this, but they also did that. And it was the same gang. Nah, man. That's whack. It is whack. So, back to Dancing in the Moonlight. It's a huge hit for King Harvest. It's a huge hit for Sherman Kelly. Such a big hit that it had a bunch of covers. The weirdest one is from 1973 because Liza Minnelli did a cover of this song.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
1: Lucille Ostero herself.
2: Wow.
4: We get it on most every night. And when the moon gets big and bright It's a supernatural delight Everybody light in the I like how she said natural
1: Yeah This is like a weird like soul, white soul version
2: Sure
1: I'm waiting for like a bongo solo
3: Everybody dancing in the moonlight <laughs>
2: Dancing in the moonlight <laughs> Is that a flute it is a for and a
4: uh, garden we like a fun and never fight. you can dance and stay tight they keep things this, honestly i think this kind of cooks Everybody i like it
1: so Life. This is from VinylDialogues.com. Life on the Road with King Harvest wasn't for Kelly. He lasted just that one tour with the band. Quote, imagine yourself in your 20s and you've written a hit song and you have some chart action and you're traveling around. It was fun for a while, but Life on the Road is ridiculous and I didn't really care for it after a while. So Sherman Kelly left King Harvest after that tour, which is like end of 1972, maybe 1973. Okay. That wouldn't be the end of the roller coaster for the band either. In 1974, Perception Records, the record company that like saved this song in the first place, Mm -hmm. went bankrupt. Oh. And it seems like it took some King Harvest songs with them. So they had, from what I gather, recorded an almost finished album with Perception. And And because Perception, that they owned it, and then they went out of business and so they couldn't do anything with those songs
0: oh shit it's a bummer do we have any of those
1: oh we do (laughs) with the help of some of their music industry friends specifically in the beach boys they toured with the beach boys um post brian wilson beach boys so i don't even consider them the beach boys but like mike love um and dennis wilson they produced another record in 75 which had only one single and no hits and the single is called hickory
0: Cowbell.
1: More cowbell, baby. Back to the well. A
3: cellar, a bit of
1: so, like, there's, I've never heard this song before, doing the research for this, but I, like, know this song. Right. And this is, like.
3: Sure. You know.
1: So, this song didn't. Track the top one. It was like it charted at like one sixty six or something. Abysmal.
3: All
1: right.
0: This <laughs> like, quite comical.
1: It is. It's like a goof goofball song. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, in like seventy six, seventy seven, King Harvest broke up again. But it didn't stop A and who now own their music, from releasing a reissue of "Dancing in the Moonlight" in 1993. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So that's why we heard it so much growing up.
1: Yeah, I they did they did a re like a remaster of it. Um. So, in 2006, I don't exactly know how this happened. But in 2006, the band re this is from super70s.com, reacquired the rights to their old music from Perception Records.
0: But we don't know how.
1: I don't know how. I think that they just probably bought them. And they released something that they called The Album, Which Should Have Been. That wasn't the title of the album. That was just like in their press release. Um, it's called The Lost Tapes. And you can get it. It was released in stores on September 2007. And they said the reason for the 30-year delay is that we lost the rights to all of our music in 1974. So it's weird can...
0: that they wouldn't say how they got it back, the hero's journey.
1: Yeah, right? I think, I think it might be like a little too inside baseball. And I also think that the reason that there isn't some spectacular story is because they just bought them. Ah. Right? I think that like no one cared about a new King Harvest record. And so... A and M was just like you can fuck here, fucking take them, man. <laughs> so this is this is borderline from the lost tapes of King Harvest.
0: Don't they know Madonna already did that song?
1: Sure. <laughs> So I will say I do think this is better than like Hickory.
0: Well, I haven't gotten there yet, but Hickory reminded me of like a spoof song that would be in a comedy movie, yeah, like a period right. comedy.
1: This feels at least authentic and like kind of has a good groove. This is this this type of music is for all those people that are like, ah, Steppenwolf's a little too heavy for me. <laughs>
0: It still feels very Van Morrison-y.
1: Yes, I agree. It still feels very Van morrison So in 1984, Wells Kelly, the drummer slash brother of Sherman Kelly, the one who brought the song to King Harvest, died while on tour in England with Meatloaf. He was was drumming for Meatloaf.
0: How'd he die?
1: After a night of partying, his body was found on the front stairs of a London flat at which he was staying. According to the doctor, the the pathologist, the autopsy revealed high levels of morphine and cocaine in Kelly's body and, quote, death came from the drummer inhaling his own vomit induced by snorting a mixture of heroin and cocaine. Sick. Really fucking sick. And tune in for a meatloaf episode in a week or two. So because of this, Sherman Kelly found it too painful to work in music anymore. And pursued other interests, including getting his master's degree in social work and psychotherapy from Syracuse in New York. And Mm. for many years, until he retired, he worked as a psychotherapist.
0: That's nice. Helping other people.
1: Yeah, it'd be kind of weird... To be like, oh yeah, my my shrink wrote "Dancing in the Moonlight,"
0: yeah, and was beaten by a bunch of people,
1: and like maybe lied about who they were. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that are, that makes me feel a little extra icky about it. Is like, oh, don't fucking lie. Um, we don't know is, that
0: he lied. We just we think don't he know that lied. he lied.
1: He pro- I mean he probably believes it. Frankly.
0: You're right. He probably saw them and is a little racist and was like, those are the guys.
1: Those are definitely the guys. Those are the only five guys in St. Croix that could do this. Yeah. Um, This is from Ithaca.com from an article in 2008. So the writer, Steve Lawrence, I guess, like knows Sherman Kelly. He he says it in the quote, but uh, quote, I once told Kelly, one of my gym buddies, that I heard (laughs) Dancing in the Moonlight. On a Fidelis television ad, which is like retirement. Sure. uh, Like a retirement account. Uh, And he grinned and winked and said, how delightfully ironic, don't you think, that a commercial about retirement should contribute so handsomely to my own?
0: (laughs) Good. He has a sense of humor. He has a
1: sense of humor. It's fine. Uh, In 2000, the British band Top Loader had a number seven hit in the UK with a cover of this after it was featured in a Sainsbury's supermarket television ad.
0: What is Sainsbury's?
1: Sainsbury's is like a grocery store.
0: Yeah, Schnozberries taste like schnozberries.
1: Yeah. Oh, the reason I, I said I would come back to the Willy Wonka thing. The reason that that song is relevant to the story is like, if I were beaten half to death, that I would write the fucking weird, creepy boat song instead of <laughs> instead, instead of, of like dancing, dancing in the moonlight. the moonlight. Yeah. So this is the top loader version of dancing in the moonlight. <laughs>
0: We get it almost I heard night. pocket Bells again. Let
1: <laughs> me really look at the chord progression real quick.
0: Natural,
3: wild, in the
1: no, it's not.
0: It's something else. Everybody it's not Parka Bell, but it's something we know okay tell me what it is
1: i don't know Uh, so let's watch the commercial real quick because it's 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 a silly little commercial yeah this is this is the um sainsbury's commercial i don't know if i'll actually be able to download it because it's not from youtube but we'll see so it features jamie oliver who's like a british i don't actually fucking know who jamie oliver is Freddie, who's Jamie Oliver?
0: You need to help me figure out the song.
1: Will I help you figure out the no, song? you
0: need to. Like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do.
1: do do It's all my life. All my life. Yes, that. Waiting for someone. Like, like you. you. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Nailed it. Good That's job, everyone. That's in there. It is. I hear it now. <laughs> All right, this is the Sainsbury's fry up commercial featuring Jamie Oliver.
0: Never again, Jay.
1: We've really got to start looking after ourselves.
3: Yeah, right, babe. Why don't you knock us up a nice greasy fry up, eh? And none of that low-fat malarkey. Oh. No low malarkey.
1: no low-fat malarkey.
3: malarkey. We get it almost every night when that moon. Gets
4: sainsbury's be good to yourself range
1: over 250 ways to eat less fat without realizing so this this song was in a grocery store commercial
0: that's fat shaming people
1: of sure it is it's from 2007 or it's from 2000 like (sighs) Of course we were, but, <laughs> but this song went from grocery store commercial because they didn't want to pay the full fee to King Harvest. They got some random band to record it, the, and it became a number seven hit in the UK and went three times platinum.
0: That's hilarious.
1: According to the internet, this is the more popular version of Dancing in the Moonlight in the UK. So for our UK listeners, specifically Freddie and Victoria and whoever else, like, I'm sure that they're wondering, like, why the fuck are you talking about King Harvest for so long? In the States, we have the King Harvest version, which is on, the one on the radio. In 2008, Sherman Kelly returned to music after retiring from his psychoanalysis psycho- practice, <laughs> psychotherapy practice. Um, and he released a can- an album called Burn in the Candle, which included some unfinished work that he and his brother had written together when his brother was still alive. Great. So this is uh, Burning the Candle. Sorry, this is Burning the Candle Down from Burning the Candle.
5: I'm burning the candle down Whoa. at both
1: ends. Burning wicked So now he's fucking still sounds down, like Van Morrison. Totally. Even though this, this wasn't the guy that sounded like Van Morrison before.
5: I'm burning the candle down both
1: So let's play a quick round of "Does It Slap"? Not to me. No, I'm sorry, buddy. This sucks.
0: (laughs) Two thumbs down.
1: This is this is like some boomer shit. This is so bad.
0: Very bad. All right, let's get out of here.
1: (laughs) Um, on July 14th, 2012, the four co-founders of King Harvest, which are Ron, Rod, Ed. And, and Doc.
0: Oh, no. No, Sherman.
1: not Sherman.
0: You're right. Doc. Ron,
1: Rod, Ed, and Doc.
0: And then along came Sherman.
1: And along came Sherman.
0: And then Wells.
1: So on July 14th, the four original co-founders reunited on All Beach in upstate New York as a part of a 40th anniversary reunion of the band. And just five months later, Doc Robinson passed away. Oh. Um, okay. Doc Robinson died in December of 2012, and the other three members reunited again on in july of 2013 with a song called doc in memory of him
0: Oh, okay
1: um but in 2015 king harvest is back no with their new album From the dead. called old friends what <laughs> the three surviving <laughs> founding members uh released an album 2015 and a single in 2016 and that's what we're going to go out on today the single and released in august 2016 called our old songs so this is king harvest singing our old songs and fucking just look at these fucking old motherfuckers
0: oh my goodness
1: he looks like george bluth
0: he really does
1: so where can people find us on the internet lindsay
0: find us on the internet at lyrics for lunch on instagram and twitter and you can support our show by going to lyricsforlunch.com and clicking support the show
1: also let us know uh, if there's any deep dives on songs that you want to hear i made a re- specific request from Lindsay earlier today
0: that is true
1: uh, that is true uh, you may send your requests
0: it. right to us
1: yes at at com or on Instagram or Twitter and like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts rate and review us it helps other people find us you know tell your friends tell your enemies tell your frenemies and tune in next week when I guess Dancing February continues is that what we're doing?
0: (laughs) there is an idea that is twinkling in my brain that it might be a month of dancing songs but I guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out if that's true
1: Well, lace up your dancing shoes next week. (laughs) But until then, I'm Aviv Rubenstein.
0: I'm Lindsay Tucker.
1: Saying, song's not about werewolves.
0: Werewolves are not loose.
1: Werewolves do kegels.
4: Our old songs, as time goes on, they just getting better how you keep me hanging on dancing in the moonlight all night long I knew I would never let you go these are our old songs